You are Locked On Cavaliers, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Locked On Cavs podcast, your daily look at the Cleveland Cavaliers from the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Chris Manning, your host and the site manager of FearTheSort.com, SB Nation's Cavs site, also right for places like Forbes and Cleveland Magazine. Um, if you aren't already, find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Megaphone, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Five-star reviews are the best way to support the show. And you can find the show on Twitter and Facebook at Lockdown Cavs. I'm on Twitter and Facebook as well at CWMRights and Instagram too. So today's show is all about Monday's practice, or Tuesday's practice rather. We're into the real practice sessions of training camp for the 2019-20 season, uh, the plan for the season, and on this podcast, as for the sword, is to use my access more. So you're going to hear more player stuff. You're going to hear more um, reporting and hopefully some more interviews on here as well as the season really gets going. And we kind of get to dive into what I think is a pretty interesting group. Um, and, and there's a lot that I'm kind of interested to see how it does play out over the course of the season. I'll say this, you know, just the first couple of days, I think the attitude and the optimism is a bit higher than it was towards the end of last year for sure. Um it was kind of a miserable place in the locker room from December to February, and I think that's changed. And I think that's you know I don't, we'll see if it lasts. You know I, I I think you know you could lose a bunch of games early or whatever, and things could go a little shaky. But I I think right now things kind of seem pretty pretty cool. Um, to start off, the just with the first segment of today's show is going to be the news. Um, we're going to talk through just a couple things that we learned um, at media at, at media availability on Monday. And then you're going to have John Henson in the second segment talking about um, talking through some of what he had to say in his first comments of the season. And then lastly, um, some of the little tidbits that don't quite fit an overall narrative, but um, are certainly valuable. And we'll get into some of that. And you'll hear a, a kind of a, a thing beeline. I, I thought was a pretty cool story he told at the end of practice. So the big news coming out of Tuesday's practice is that Darius Garland, the Cavs' top pick from last June's draft, the number five overall pick, has a little foot thing and is day-to-day. It's his right foot. Um, it's not believed to be all that serious, which is, uh, I think, obviously a good thing to hear. Darius obviously had that meniscus injury last year. It kept him out only, you know, limited to, like, five games at Vanderbilt or whatever. This was supposed to be his first NBA practice. You know, for everyone that I had talked to, I think the Cavs had said this, you know, there wasn't any indication that he wasn't going to be ready because of that knee. So if there's this little foot thing, that's not great. So it's a bummer that he's not there. You know, he still did some stuff, which we'll we'll touch on, but um, the little foot thing isn't a great way to start. I know there was some kind of hemming and hawing, kind um, kind of some nihilism kind of coming out on Twitter when you know, that news kind of trickled out of media availability today, but I don't think it's anything serious. You know, I think based on what we saw of him, he's not like, I, if you would have told me that he had a foot issue, I would have been like, really based on just watching him move for a little bit of practice, watching him shoot after practice for a bit. Um, just some of the videos we've seen coming out of there, you know, I don't, I think with be, I think with Garland, it's just, they're being very cautious and it's day one. So why really rush it? This is a long season. He's a young kid. Uh, there's no reason to really push him into anything. You know, if you just see the videos of him shooting, this is a guy that does look really, really 
fluid as a shooter. It looks really, really interesting as a shooter. He's you just been he's he was the last guy in the court aside from like Dean Wade and, and JP McCurr, two guys that should be on the Canton charge this year. Um, he was out there doing uh, a drill basically where he would pass the ball to a, to a coach, another assistant coach, get the ball passed back to him, and then he would fire up a three or, or dribble, take a three, etc. Kind of just working probably within uh, some of the stuff he's going to be asked to do within Beeline's offense and kind of be expected to do as, that in, as uh, someone who might have the ball a lot at the top of the key. Beeline kind of downplayed there being like set orchestrated positions today at when he talks today um it's it's interesting that he's doing that already but it just seems like guys are going to be put in spots there's the two guards that are going to lead things and garland can probably play other role and will probably do a variety of different things but if you just watch him you just watch him move he looks like healthy i you know i think this is just super precautionary if there is a little foot thing, you just got to let it heal. We'll find out more. You know, I'm sure if Darius you know, does talk using top picks, so he'll probably talk Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, something like that. Um, but he he's you know looking good as a shooter, and I think you're going to get more and more from him as camp goes on and you know, and, and as preseason games kick off and whatnot. Additionally, you had Larry Nance Jr. not practicing because he was under the weather. Um, he was out there as well, and there's some photos of him from media day and, and everything where he – um, seemed okay. Like immediately, there was no indication that he was sick, so it's probably just a minor thing. It's not like he's hurt again or, or has like some other kind of nagging issue, as far as we know. I would just chalk this up to him being a little bit ill. Um, you know, obviously, you want guys out there that, that I think the front court is one of those things that we really need to see how it plays out and just see what Beeline's kind of take on a lot of this is going to be. Um, it's so early, and, and they're not going to, I think, based on the questions they've been asked and and how they've responded to those questions, I don't think we're going to know. I don't think Beeline's going to tip his hand or give any indication of what his gut tells him now. I think we're going to wait to get into preseason games and regular season games, perhaps even before we sort of know how this is going to shuffle out. I think it is clear that Nance, based on his contract, based on you know him, him being in Vegas and just kind of pretty much talking to Beeline a lot more than maybe some of the other guys, um, he's going to be someone that is a part of those plans, and I think him talking about playing on the wing is on media day was a was a hint at what's to come a little bit for him. We'll see. Um, so I would say this is minor, but you would obviously hope you know hopefully he can practice later this week for the Cavs. And lastly, Dylan Windler, uh, one of the Cavs' three first round picks, was out there as well. We did see him. Um, if you there's video of him kind of moving around shooting. Um, he wasn't like in a boot or anything like that. In case you missed the news, this is uh, Windler suffered is dealing with a, a left tibial stress reaction that's going to cause him to miss four to six weeks he obviously was the one rookie who played aside from dean wade who played at summer league um he i think is someone that the organization really likes beeline had a lot of positive things to say about him on tuesday according to beeline he can participate in some non-contact drills and, and do some shooting and do some work and he's also really hopeful that because Windler is this four-year college player, is this experienced guy, he's going to be able to watch from the sidelines, and he's going to be able to pick up stuff as it goes. We'll see if that pans out. I still think there's a big opportunity when if he's not on the floor for Kevin Porter Jr., for Jetty, um, for Sandarius Thornwell, for, for anyone else who could be in the mix for minutes on the wing. Windler's absence is, is a chance to really make some noise. During training camp, he's not going to be in any of preseason games, in training camp, and whatever. At the earliest, he's back around the beginning of the season, um, like you know, likely into November a little bit if they're going to be precautious with him. And I think there's no reason to really rush him back and just take all the time he needs to. He's 100% with something like this. 
So there's a clear opportunity for these other guys um, to kind of get involved and, and take some minutes away from what could have been minutes for Windler. But we'll see how that plays out as we, you know, as we get deeper and deeper into camp. All right, that's going to be it for part one. We're going to take a quick break. And uh, on the way out, you're going to hear from Kevin Love, who talked about um, talking about basketball with Beeline and just sort of what Beeline's approach sort of is. I think it's a, Kevin seems pretty upbeat so far. Um, it seemed pretty engaged with John, which I think is interesting and, and I think is a good sign for the Cavs. So we'll hear from Kevin Love, hear from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Just his enthusiasm, just in, in, in how he talks and how he approaches every day. I mean, some of it's uh, it's pretty old school, but that's what I was around when I grew up. You know, my dad put my put the ball in my hands, and he talked about you know every era, even even before he came into the league. So um, I'm not gonna maybe the, a breath of fresh air is, is the wrong terminology because I played for some great coaches, but just just a different look, that that old school mentality um, that we're gonna be able to. Uh, you know, play uh, some sort of that with, with fundamental basketball and that communication and some, some fun styles of play. But also, it's going to be fun to talk shop with him and talk about that those old school you know, players, college basketball, uh, NBA, ABA basketball. So I'm going to have to get with Jim Jones on the back of the, uh, the plane back there and talk some, talk some good basketball. Manning here back for Lockdown Cavs for Wednesday, October 2nd. Again, you just heard from Kevin Love talking about John Beeland. Okay, second segment, John Henson speaks. John Henson was one of the Cavs players, um, one of the more notable ones, I would say, that did not speak at media day. They had that set list of guys, and he wasn't on it. But he was the first one up on Tuesday. Um, I actually had asked to see if he could talk, and then other people in the media asked for him as well, it would seem. Um, And Henson comes over in a sweat. He's clearly been practicing, clearly been kind of excited to get back out there, and he was in a pretty good mood based on coming back to practice. According to him, a Tuesday's practice, October 1st, was his first practice since November 14th of last season. In case you um, don't aren't up to date on the John Henson injury story, John Henson was with the Bucks last year. John Henson um, comes to the Cavs in the same tour that brings Matthew Delavadova to Cleveland, um, John Henson basically was not, like he was around, he was on the bench, he was in the locker room, he had a jersey number, all of that. But John Henson was kind of not involved last year. Um, he tore a ligament when he before when he was with the Bucks um, in his left wrist. He suffered the injury on November 6th of last year. He played in three games, and before they played a game against the Grizzlies a couple days later, um, he he's from discomfort and then he according to him he practiced on november 14th and then the trainers came out told them like hey like you have this ligament issue we need to fix this um you know the original kind of reporting coming out of milwaukee was that he was going to miss at least 12 weeks that could have played after the all-star break he never played for the Cavs. there was some you know talk among kind of people i i talked to last year that he was healthy but they didn't want to rush him back didn't have a need to really bring him back he didn't seem, you know, as far as I know, he wasn't like 
holding that against the Cavs or anything. Actually praised the team on Tuesday for keeping him involved, for Kobe Altman in particular, for making sure he was on every trip and was kind of in the loop as this team kind of moves on. And John Henson also got praise from both Kevin Love and John Beeline. These are kind of the two central figures of this Cavs team this year. Uh, Kevin praised his shot blocking. Kevin, you know, said he looked good out in there playing on uh, on Delhi's team in the scrimmaging and stuff that the Cavs did on Tuesday. Um, he was catching lobs. He was running the floor well. He was doing the kind of stuff you want John Henson to do. Beeline um, praised his defensive presence. You know, he, he Henson, as did Jordan Clarkson and Beeline and Kyle Sexton and a whole bunch of other Cavs, uh, media day noted that the Cavs were just awful on defense last year when when asked you know what his role sort of is Henson asked you know it, it basically said like this is this is about my defense this is about um, him me coming in providing that kind of room protection you know he didn't you know he kind of said like hey you could see me and Tristan play together um, maybe when you know the Cavs play Philadelphia and you have the Horford and B duo you could see those two guys on the court at the same di- same time just to combat the size of, of the 76ers um, and, and I think you that certainly could work and we'll kind of see how that works out but um, I think there there's questions still here you know I think um, I don't. I just don't quite know what the fit of all this sort of work. So I, I, you'll hear this on the way out of here. Uh, me, him talking about at the first part of this clip, talking about three-point shooting. I asked him like, you know, last year you come in, you're playing under Mike Budenholzer. Um, you, you know, Brooke Lopez got the headlines or whatever and made a bunch of threes and was great at it and really kind of was an eye-opening thing. You also took a bunch of threes. Was that a Budenholzer thing? Was that a Milwaukee thing? Was that playing with a Giannis thing? Or are we going to see you do that? So he basically was, he, he the gist of his answer was, hey, you know, I'm probably going to shoot them, but it's not going to be jacking them up like I was going to, I'm not going to have the green light I did with the Bucks. I think that makes sense. But if he's not, and we don't even know if he's a good three-point shooter, and, you know, we need to see how beeline system is sort of organized in all of this. You know, I think the plan on, on offense is going to be much more clear on defense, and I think the offensive stuff is going to come first, and then they just kind of, based on what Beeline said, I think the thinking is, okay, we're going to get the offense down, that's going to be our bread and butter. We're going to then just kind of take the personnel that works best on offense for us and find ways to make that work on defense. I think that's kind of the thought process. It's not, the offense is going to matter a little bit more than the defense, even if they never say that kind of publicly. I think he's probably ahead of Anthea Zizic right now, who is younger, um, but is kind of a more traditional scoring five uh, also you know in the last year of a deal aside from a team option the Cavs could pick up um, the vibes on Henson I think are pretty good right now it's good to see him back just as empathetically to see a guy that missed so much time that didn't really play last year was a non-factor and is in a contract year uh, really get a chance to get out there and play I think that's good we'll see what the fit is Kevin you know said when I asked him about this um, you know said he could imagine them having everybody play um, getting all five of those bigs in there to place talked about that on Monday and I think mentioned it Tuesday as well but like that's a thing we're gonna need to see if it happens you know I don't know if that quite matches up with Beeline does um, can you play Tristan and Henson together I would say probably not you know he makes sense I you know he could, he could make sense with Larry he could make sense with Kevin I think he makes the most sense with Kevin um, if Larry's shooting's real and can, he can do stuff on the wing, I think that could sort of be passable. You know, the bar isn't super high for, for this group because they're not going to be great anyway, but that that's just kind of the question there. Um, we'll see. It was also interesting that Beeline also kind of noted and when he was asked about 
Henson that he's basically like they're going to work on adding weight to his frame. Henson is a very lean guy that he's always kind of been sort of thin and, and wiry. Um, it seems like the plan is for him to continuously add some some healthy weight and kind of make him more bulky um, and, and be able to withstand, you know, maybe some more bruising on the inside. So let's keep an eye on that. Um, I don't know how much Henson weighs. He's probably like 230, 240. You know, I don't know if the plan is to get him up to like 260 or something like that, but I think he they, – they, pretty much said like we want him to get bigger um you know he'll get traded any time whatever but that's that's if he's long as on the caps maybe we see him add some muscle to that frame all right now you're going to hear from john henson um as we kind of wrap up segment number two we're going to be back to talk about structure and some of the other things we learned um from tuesday and and sort of where the what the Cavs are saying and how sort of things are sort of organized um and again if you aren't already please check out the entire locked on network you have every nba team covered more NHL teams are coming in, MLB teams are all there, NFL teams are all there, including Lockdown Brown. So go check out the entire Lockdown Network. But listen to John Henson and the rest of this podcast first. We'll be right back. Before the injury, you were shooting at least in the preseason yeah. walk, you were shooting threes a little yeah. bit. Was that a Budenholzer thing, or is that going to be a thing you do now? Um, obviously, B-line system's a little different for, yeah. the, for the big. I think it, I don't shoot as many as I shot with Budenholzer because uh, – you know, it was more so spread the floor and let Giannis go shoot it yeah. at all costs, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? But that was a little different. Um, but there will be some three shot, I believe, out of bigs. But I wouldn't say as frequent as, you know, shot like 35 and 14 games. But I think I would do that this year. What do you feel is the best way that you could carve out a role on this team to get big minutes and um, get on I, you the know, I, we, You know, for me, I think defensively. Uh, it's no secret, you know, we played bad defensively last year. Uh, I think that's one of the strengths I bring to the table in protection. So, uh, you know, one thing I can't wait to tell you to help this team. Have you worked with Double T yet? Yeah, I, uh, I haven't worked with him yet, but we played with each other, you know, during scrimmages in the preseason or before training camp. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure, you know, especially those big lineups, maybe like the Horford and, and Bean, you might get thrown out there. back Chris Manning here locked on Cavs wrapping up today's show talking about some structure so Beeline I think is a fun coach to interact with um, the way he talks the way he kind of gives an opening statement when he gets up at the dais the dais dais whatever he talks like a college coach he gives this opening statement he which hasn't always been the case with their coaches he kind of is very upfront about the injury stuff um, which wasn't always the case with Ty Lue. he's a little more cagey about it we'll see if that keeps up um, he sort of basically used it today to kind of get ahead of Darius and and just say hey like he's fine like we're not gonna there's it's no big deal I'm just gonna say that pretty bluntly there um, I obviously believe him and I think Nance you know it was just like Larry was sick there's nothing there what stands out to me most about Beeline, and this kind of comes through in the anecdotes about like him getting up and, and running on the treadmill like 6 in the morning on, on Monday and all the stuff that he talks about structure and culture and stuff. He is the, from the time I've been covering the Cavs and been up close covering NBA teams and not having to you know do it from, from college, my college dorm room or whatever, he, he emphasizes structure. He emphasizes um, sort of a, a, a commitment to practice and in a flow of work and things that I don't think was always the case with a guy like Ty or a guy like Larry. You know, I think that's part of the NBA. He, you know, he has talked about how like, you know, in college you have 
a bunch of preseason time with very little game time, a ton of practices, and then in the NBA, like you get a the Cavs basically have less than a week from their first practice until they play a, a preseason game against another professional team. The timelines are just very, very different. But what he did, um, I, and I would kind of need to poke around to see, like, you know, is this normal in other situations? Is this not? Um, he divided the group guys into three different groups. You have white, red, green, and he's working in these groups. They're rotating and working with different coaches. Um, the coaches have different skill sets. So, like, Antonio Lang's working with the bigs. J.B. Bickerstaff's a defensive guy. Dan Garrett um, and some of the other guys are going to do guards and, and others are going to do player development. You know, but he's kind of has guys paired with guys he wants to see how they work with. So Kevin, and this is a, a fault of mine and the rest of the people there are kind of not asking about this, but, you know, Kevin said he's with the young guys. Um, and I think if I am reading John Beeline correctly, I think that's on purpose. He's trying to breed familiarity there. He's trying to breed um, just sort of comfort between these different groups of guys to kind of make them into a team and make them into a unit. So it isn't like, so So guys like Kevin, guys like Tristan, guys like Deli can know what to expect from KPJ and, and um, Windler when he's back and Garland and maybe even Sexton and some of these other guys that they don't know what to expect out of them fully yet because they haven't, you know, gone to finals with them, made playoff runs with them, been in the league for a long time with them, gotten to know them. These are fresh guys and you this is the time I think beyond the way it looks at it is before the regular season starts, before, you know, wins and losses we start becoming more paramount. I think this is this is sort of the purpose of what he's doing. I think that's kind of interesting to see how that does play out. You know, we don't get to see how practices are actually going, every little thing and see how everything's organized that it's a closed off for their privacy. But um, the vibe so far is structure, it's order, it's cohesion. And it's I think that's kind of interesting to see that after not I'm not saying like they didn't have structure, but the LeBron Ty Lue era was a little less, little more hands off, little more just kind of we're gonna trust the players and kind of get things rolling in that way, as opposed to like okay, they we're gonna do sort of a, a set thing, kind of what you would think of as like a conceptual basketball practice. As I noted earlier, I also would just not expect any announcements of starters or key roster decisions anytime soon. Um, when Beeline was asked about what he's looking for at the end of the roster, he said that, you know, they're going to learn more about everyone on the roster as camp goes on. And I think at the end, it seems like based on when he said that, the, the deciding factor at the end is going to be, does the team value a specific guy they just want to keep? Or is it, does it fill a team need like wing defense or guard depth or whatever the 